This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. of Vet Candy's podcast and other news. This is a podcast to expand your idea of what is impacting the veterinary world, veterinarians, and all animal care professionals as humans. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Jen. And Dr. Jason Chatfield. If you are not yet a Vet Candy subscriber, why not? Please subscribe for free today at myvetcandy.com. You can also reach me if you have a message of love and positivity at Jen at myvetcandy.com. Or you can reach me with all other questions at Jason at myvetcandy.com. So our topic today is telemedicine. In other news, vet medicine meets the Jetsons. That's right. So Jason, are you familiar with telemedicine? Do you have any idea what that means? Well, I'm not going to lie. You sent me the topic today and I had to look it up, right? So I, <laughs> and now I am familiar with telemedicine. I thought it was another one of your famous made up Scrabble words. Go ahead and challenge me if you dare. But no, okay. you are correct. It is a word and I am very familiar with it now. Oh, like slight tangent. I just found little out bit, a little bit of a tangent. Yeah. No, like slight tangent on Scrabble. I just found out, you know what one of the highest scoring words is that is now in the dictionary and you can use it? Please tell me. Yowza. Oh, that's for you young people that play this crazy, uh, weird word Scrabble stuff. But listen, let's get back to the subject of telemedicine. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> telemedicine, that's right. So no charge, news hounds. Uh, the Candyverse can have that Scrabble tip for free. So yeah, so telemedicine. So you've just heard of it. Have you ever, so you, have you ever done it? Well, of course, because I think telemedicine really is a big umbrella term that talks about. I mean, if your client calls you and you tell them what to do over the phone, is that considered telemedicine? What if they send you a picture Ooh. of something? Is that considered It does say tele. Yeah. Telephone, yeah. telemedicine. Doesn't no. it count? What? I, I think so. So I just want to be kind yeah. of into the new century here. So yes, I believe I'm going to say I'm, I'm progressive. Oh, look at you. Throwing out the labels right off the yeah. bat. Not even five minutes into the podcast. Okay. Well, luckily, because, uh, you know, Jason, you did kind of struggle with that definition. And I, I don't really have one. I didn't, um, I didn't give you a definition. <laughs> I just yeah. gave you examples. All luckily, the way there around. Are experts out there. That's right. There's experts. And uh, we like to bring them into the Candyverse. And we have one today. We have one today. So, Newshounds, we are going to welcome in Dr. Aaron Smiley. Super jealous that he gets to be Dr. Smiley. Ah, um, every day. Yeah, I know. He is actually currently the president of the Indiana Veterinary Medical Association. What's up? And he is a chief of staff, which uh, we translate to big bomb diggity, uh, for VetCor, <laughs> and he oversees two different practices. So if there's a guy who's going to know about something as crazy as telemedicine, I'm going to say it's Dr. Smiley. So welcome, Dr. Smiley. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And I love that new title of big bomb diggity. That will you be You can fit it on your cards. Yeah, stick yeah. it on the email yeah, signature. Uh, can you use that on Scrabble? No, 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 no. Uh, I don't think each, all right. individually yeah. you can, but that's not one okay. word. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Good yeah, point, I don't think point. bomb diggity is, I think that's urban slang or something, so I don't sure, think it'll sure. count. But yeah, Yowza, enough, Yowza will crush it. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so welcome in today. Can you like, okay, first of all, you live in Indiana. 
Yes. Correct. I do. And I do. Unless you I, I would hope, something I would hope so with that introduction. I would hope you Yeah, yeah. No, that. I do. I do. I'm, I'm a Hoosier through and through. Are you really? Oh, well, I grew up in our... I grew up in Illinois, but then I migrated over to the great Hoosier state. And yeah, I'm very happy Hoosier. Yeah, you're talking our language right now because yeah. uh, we're big basketball fans. We love us some Indiana Hoosiers. There you go. That's right. I've been to Bloomington, and so is Jason, Tree City, USA. There you go. Yes. That's right. Uh, yeah. Indiana exports a lot of hardwoods. Who knew? I mean, yeah. Apparently and they you have, did. Yeah. <laughs> they only have one Mexican restaurant, Mexican food restaurant there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, the, I look, know. I'm from Texas. That's what I, that's, that, those are landmarks for me. I hear you. So did you, wh- how did you find yourself where you are today as a chief of staff for VetCore? Did you work in other practice before? Which, like, where did yeah. you graduate from? So you I know. graduated from the University of Illinois, and then I thought I was going to do equine medicine for the rest of my life. So I did equine medicine for a while. Yeah. Um, and then there was a recession that happened, mm-hmm. and equine medicine, yeah, kind of got, so I uh, matriculated into small animal medicine. And found myself, um, yada, 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 as they say, the kids say, um, in central Indiana. And uh-huh. then uh, had the chance to manage these two practices for VetCorp. Oh, fantastic. So have you been to um, Fort Wayne, Indiana? Oh, yes. Beautiful. The fort. Yes. Yes. So shout out to uh, my friends there. I gave a lecture there last year. I'd never been there before and really found it wonderful. Oh, yeah. Very, very nice. Uh, quality Midwestern people. Right? Yeah, had some walleye for supper. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it was fabulous. Jason, have you been to Fort Wayne, Indiana? I have been to Fort Wayne, Indiana. I don't remember anything about it, but I'm going to get us off this <laughs> tangent, and, and maybe I could tell a conference into somebody at Fort Wayne. I don't oh. really know where we're going with this, right? Oh, yeah. So, so, uh, so tell us, so now we know a little bit about you and where you come from. Yeah. What the heck is telemedicine? Oh, geez, it's just what Jason said. So I always say veterinary telemedicine, 140 years going strong. Veterinarians are extremely good at telemedicine, right? Because old Alexander Graham Bell, you remember him, the old Bell, he invented that telephone. And I, yeah, I I dare to think that there was some horse owner that said, uh, called their veterinarian up and asked about a colicking horse. So Mm -hmm. my guess is that we have um, engaged in telemedicine as a veterinary profession for 140 years. Mm -hmm. And traditionally, veterinarians are extremely good at telemedicine because we stay close to our clients and offer extremely good customer service. Mm -hmm. So in that regards, I always tell veterinarians, you are the best at telemedicine versus I mean, I hate to say it, physicians, probably not as good at telemedicine as the veterinarian uh, because we stay so why, close to the like, clients. Like why, do you, like, why do you think that is? I think it's because veterinarians care deeply about customer care. Mm-hmm. So that's why in our business model, right, we have to stay close to the clients because it's, a, for the most part, a cash business. Mm-hmm. So uh, the veterinarian, uh, if you call up your physician's office and say, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Smith about this uh, tickle in my throat good luck getting on the phone with a physician. But if you call up and say, hey, my dog has a tickle in its throat and I'd like to talk to the doctor, odds are by the end of the day, you're going to be on the phone with a veterinarian. And it's that tradition. That's that's right. So it's that tradition of customer service that Mm -hmm. has enabled veterinarians to be so good at telemedicine. You know what? And that's such a fantastic description that I think that Jason, I think we can overlook his shot at our age by asking if we remember Alexander Graham Bell. He was actually just talking to you. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, what's up? No, no, that was his nephew. That was his nephew. Oh. That wasn't Alexander. Okay, no, he's okay, since passed. Okay. <laughs> Alexander has since passed. 
But you, <laughs> okay, you, okay. you have to smile. You bring you, you bring up a really good point, and we have always done that as veterinarians. And is that always a good thing? And how can how can this new oh. kind of new age definition and new age situation with telemedicine sort of help that? I know I'm asking a pretty vague question here, but it's great for customer service, but maybe it isn't always great for the small business portion of the or the, or the I, medicine. Yeah. Okay. Hi. So two different questions. You guys are so you're on it. Dad gummit, you're on. So to Jason's point, I <laughs> think you gummit. nailed it. Dad, dad gummit. gummit out of Indiana. As a, true, as a true Midwesterner, I say dad gummit. <laughs> right. To Jason's point, absolutely super good for our patients, super good for the medicine. I mean, right? So you think about what goes bad in medicine, be it human or veterinary. Well, when you get the client and the patient further away from the medical professional, that's a bad thing. That's always Mm -hmm. a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So if we can keep the client and the patient close to the medical professional, we have better outcomes. So in that regards, telemedicine is brilliant. Small business wise, and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's veterinarians and I'm the most guilty. We struggle to think we're not worth it. And we kind of hang our heads and we shuffle our feet and we say, (laughs) Oh, they don't want to pay us for this because it's just my medical information. But what I remind veterinarians is you're worth it. Hashtag you're worth it. It's your time. It's your time. Well, and not just your time, because I know that uh, the McDonald's worker time is no more valuable than mine because God loves her just like he loves me. What is different is I have very specific training on how to make that animal better. (gasps) Oh, It's like, it's like on the movie Taken. Hello. I have a very specific set of skills. That's it. You got it. That's right. So <laughs> you're worth it's, it. It's me and Jason Bourne. Okay. You, uh, hey, I, I thought nothing different. I thought nothing different. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. But you know what? That's true. The only thing that none of us can make more of is time. That's it. Is time and, and expertise. And so, so here's my, my question. So Jason got to the standard of care. And I, I, there's probably, probably every veterinarian would agree because if we're getting real-time updates once or twice a day from someone who's staring at the creature, yeah, we, we can adapt our therapy regimen or intervene sooner than we would have otherwise, et cetera. It's not like, here, go home, take two Tylenol and call me in the morning, right? Right. And so, but the question becomes... How legal is it? How legal depends on, is it? So it depends on your state. And what I remind veterinarians is you are in charge and don't do telemedicine any differently than you're currently doing it. So step one, do a telemedicine inventory and come to the realization that you offer telemedicine. Now, mentally, once you're at that place as a clinician, now what you say is, oh, I'm going to continue my high standard of care yeah. in my telemedicine. Don't change. Don't change. You are offering excellent telemedicine that's gotten you thus far and kept you out of legal trouble. So please, please do the same thing. Now, I would also say that the telemedicine on platforms designed for telemedicine is so much safer. So much safer. Oh, heavens, yes. Now, think about this. If I can, as a doctor, see the lesion instead of taking the owner's interpretation, that's a lot better. Because Mrs. Smith says, Dr. Smiley, Dr. Smiley, it's an emergency. And I said, what's happening? My dog's shaking. My dog's shaking. Oh, your dog's having a seizure. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we know as veterinarians, everybody just needs to hang tight. Let that seizure resolve. I mean, almost all of those will come out of it. And then let's address the underlying concerns if there are any. So the owner, not yeah. that she don't, is don't, any- don't run red lights. <laughs> don't run red lights. Right. But owners, God loves them. And it's not yes. their fault. They're just not trained as That's a medical right. professional. 
That's so right. when we use videos, and I do almost all of my telemedicine in an asynchronous fashion. These are texts and videos. It's not like what you guys are doing with me right now. We're all yeah. sitting on a fun Zoom call so we can see our, each other's backgrounds and know what's going on. That's synchronous telemedicine, and that's what physicians do because that's the only way that they get reimbursed from third party. That is not the constraint of veterinary medicine. Right. So as we exist in the midst of this pandemic, sometimes veterinarians get caught up and say, oh, Dr. Smiley, I don't know how I'm going to do this post-pandemic because this is going to eat through my schedule. I don't have time. I say, you're right. It has to be asynchronous. It has to be text and videos, not yeah. live chat. And the owner oh, doesn't so want to do don't, live chat. You don't do oh, the live no, chat. No. And oh, you know what? Um, I, I didn't do that. I, yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. I think that's interesting. And you know what? No. Though, so when you, when you make the reference to the difference between veterinary medicine, telehealth issues, and like kind of where we are in that evolution and where human physicians are, so I had a family member who was, he had a, a post-surgical skin graft and it was healing. Right. And you know, that takes a long time and we were doing post-op care and all of this. And you know, those things can look pretty gnarly and yeah, yeah. Even when they're looking good, they can look gnarly. So when I said to the resident and the surgeon, why don't I just take a picture because you guys are at least an hour drive away and you don't have time. Right. Why don't I just text you a photo? It was like silent on the other end of the line. And then I heard like a little bit of discussion, low, like low level voices. And then I heard, wallow, 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 wallow. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, the courtroom wallow. And yeah. And then, and then I heard, well, yeah, that'd be great. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So there's a couple things to be said with it. It's that intuitive. And it's important for your listeners to know that in the midst of this pandemic, we now have an audience for telemedicine. It's not just the extremely well-educated. Right. So Jennifer knows to ask her surgeon this, right? She goes, oh, yeah. well, I'm a brilliant veterinarian. I know what's going on. By uh, the way, by the way, Dr. Dr. Smiley, Hold on, yeah, I'm going to stop this right now. Hold on. She, I love it. How did, you, how did you know that she wakes up every morning and looks in the mirror and says that exact I could, sentence? <laughs> I could hear it in her voice. I could hear it in her voice. It's brilliant. It rings through. It, it Resonance. That's resonance, my friend. All right. I didn't mean okay. to interrupt you, but I'm, you know, you got extra yeah. powers there knowing she says that. All right, carry on yeah. with your story. All right, all right. So what we have found now in the pandemic <laughs> is that the citizen, right, the client now knows to expect telemedicine. And so veterinarians yeah. will now have an audience. Because I think Mrs. Jones, who owns the dog or owns the horse, is going to say, you know what? Just like Jennifer said, this would be a lot easier if I could send you a picture or a video versus me having to schlep the kids and the dog into the veterinary mm -hmm. clinic. Mm -hmm. So to your listeners, I would say if there was ever a time to start doing paid telemedicine, oh, yeah. take advantage of the audience. Because if you don't, there's a good chance you might get left behind. Yeah. Right. So, so that that that's my. So when we when we started talking about telemedicine, that is the biggest hurdle, right? As practitioners have to have to overcome is how it's great. We all want to help the clients, but how do I not get taken advantage of? And if I have been doing this telemedicine stuff for 184 years or whatever you said, um, right? How do I then start saying, "Hey, listen, I'm so sorry, but you're gonna to have to pay for this." Is there a platform you can use? Is there something? Kind of a, you mentioned third party as, as they do for the humans. I really don't know how that, how that would work. And so that's, that's very interesting to me. How are you going to get compensated for this you know, fantastic wealth of knowledge yeah, that, you, that Jennifer has? So. Oh, yeah. Do you send an invoice or, you yeah. know, I always have extra words, right? So I'm talking to them and maybe it's 10 minutes. Is that different than if someone, if it, it's a more involved, it takes me 30 minutes? How, like, how do you square that? 
All right, let's hit two questions. The first one, the platforms that are specifically made for telemedicine make charging very, very easy. So in the midst of the pandemic, I've talked to some clinicians, clinicians that have said, hey, Smiley, I got this figured out. I'm using Zoom and then I charge through my, yeah, I, I'm charging through my software and it's a little clunky, but we're getting through. I give them a big two uh -huh. thumbs up. Great job, doctor. Okay. Now that probably won't be sustainable post pandemic when our caseload starts to come back up. Yeah. So my recommendation is find a platform right now that will work into your workflow post pandemic. I would recommend okay. not patching it. And a lot, I say, well, why are you trying to do all these patches? Oh, Smiley, I don't want to pay extra money. No subscriptions for me. I'm a, I'm a frugal veterinarian. I said, ooh, you might be <laughs> Wait, penny wise. Doc you might be penny wise and dollar dumb. Okay, so Dr. Smiley, yes. you do oh, realize that the phrase- Hold on. We have to call him Smiley from now on. I know, yeah, so yeah, Smiley, you realize yes. that the phrase frugal veterinarian is redundant, absolutely. Right? Oh, yes, absolutely. But I like to- uh, <laughs> I like to make sure that I equal opportunity employer here, right? Yeah, so yeah, just yeah, in yeah. Case some of your listeners may not know that they're frugal veterinarians. I just right. want to help them out. Yep. Right. So I right. would encourage people to not be penny wise and dollar dumb. Spend the money, research the platforms and start paying for a subscription that allows you to easily collect from your clients. Now, the second part okay. of that question, how do you transition? Oh, in the pandemic, very easy to transition, right? Because people don't want to be exposed to other people. This is a once in a lifetime bizarro world. Even before the pandemic, did people yeah. in general want to be exposed to other people? <laughs> I'm very gregarious. So yeah, <laughs> I like I mean, to be exposed to other people. Do you just find people saying, please, please, please get close to me, breathe in my face. Jennifer, <laughs> I'm a hugger. Jennifer, I'm a hugger. I have to admit it. <laughs> I'm a hugger. Jason's not. He doesn't leave the I basement either. because he he doesn't want to have to yeah, encounter other people. Yeah, I don't know this, Yeah, so it's, no, I'm that's here. okay. That's okay. Teach yeah. his own. Teach his own. It okay. takes it takes everyone. Okay, so that's, right. that's the first thing I would recommend finding a, a a platform that is set up to do telemedicine today, so you are okay. ready post pandemic. Second okay. one, how do you transition clients? Yeah, I think you need to continue to offer some form of free telemedicine, and we do that with our reception desk and with our nurses. So the, oh. I have the platform that I use is Medici and it allows me to have a free, so I don't have to pay for a subscription mm -hmm. for my nurses and my technicians. Mm -hmm. And I can loop up to seven other professionals into a conversation. So my nurses have one login and they're called the Devonshire triage team. So the clients can interact with them and get refills or ask questions. Now, when the nurses, just like if somebody were to call on the phone and say, mm -hmm. Hey, uh, Snoopy needs a refill because that itching is back. Well, when was the last time we diagnosed it? Three years ago. Sounds like you might need to talk to a doctor. So now the, the nurse can very easily loop in the doctor. But I think it's important to offer your clients free telemedicine on these platforms. So make sure you find a platform that allows that. So telemedicine includes the paraprofessionals, right? Like the support staff also. That's right. And all the laws are exactly the same as what you're doing today. So you wouldn't let your nurse diagnose or prescribe no, no. over the telephone. No, no, no. no, that's no. Right. So no matter, regardless whether you're sending a carrier pigeon or you're using an app on your phone, that nurse or technician can still not diagnose or prescribe. Okay, Listen, that makes uh, sense. Only, only someone from Indiana would reference a carrier pigeon as if it's you know contemporary way of communication here. Hey, so. hey, we have a dominant Amish population in North Central Indiana. Right? There you go. I mean, the veterinarians are very ingenious people. That's now you true. Just made me feel bad. That's I appreciate true. that. All right, great. <laughs> Fantastic. Appreciate that, Smiley. Okay, so there's this thing that I know you're familiar with, um, Smiley, yeah. and 
and I know you probably have had this question, so I'm just going to ask it because I feel like you called them our listeners earlier, but our listeners are, have a name. They're news hounds. Oh, news um, hounds. Okay. News and hounds. they live so in the Candyverse. Yes. And it exists so, in the Candyverse. Yeah. The news hounds are concerned, I know they are, yeah. about this VCPR, the veterinary, oh, what is it? Veterinary client patient relationship. I've heard of this. Yes. I'm sure you have yeah. because what, like, how do we square the need for a valid VCPR and whatever that is yes. with telemedicine. Oh, so, so I always uh, keep doing what you're doing. So the VCPR, okay. what that says right now, it goes state to state. Um, your news hounds probably saw that the FDA loosened up federal enforcement of the VCPR. Oh, now, now, wait a that second. Does, oh. I have a question about that because to me yeah. that muddied the water for a lot of people it because did. a lot of people have said the same thing to me um, because, you know, I watch a lot of law and order. And so, yeah, people come to me for legal questions because of that. Right. I can recite uh, most of the should. episodes. Yeah. So the feds do not regulate my privilege to practice. You got it. The state does. So That's right. FDA is interesting. And the only thing FDA does for me is approve prescription drugs and labeling, right? And feed additive directives. And feed so additives. You, okay. Right. So if you're putting, if you're writing scripts for antibiotics for a flock of chickens, they will also regulate that. Right. Okay. And so when they said that and people like, you know, blew my phone up with texts and stuff about like, and I'm like, well, this doesn't really do anything for you unless you're treating honeybees commercial chickens, a dairy, you know, you got it. or whatever. Correct. And so, because my state still doesn't have, you know, a significant black and white prohibition or criteria under which, et cetera, I'm still stuck with whatever my state says, right? Correct. And I would say um, that it's a conversation in veterinary medicine we need to have, but do not tell your news hounds, don't feel stuck. Because we have so much opportunity in the clients and the VCPRs that we already established. So I've done, I think we're up to like 2,000 paid telemedicine cases. And those are all with VCPR compliant. So all those are people that I have relationships with. So this so is have you seen thing. them in person already? You bet. Everything is VCPR compliant. Okay. I don't do any telemedicine without a VCPR. Okay. So and that's how we established that is in person, right? Right. That's the, that's that's the good question I had. So, so you recommend and probably it's safest for everybody to just forget all the muddied waters and just make sure you have an, an in-person VCPR and then kind of go forward from there. And would, would you, you recommend, would you recommend once a year, they at least come by and say hi Depend, or, or are you good to depends go for, on your state, uh -huh. right? depends state to yeah. state, like in mm -hmm. Illinois, I'm pretty sure they have a defined amount of time in Indiana. Mm -hmm. It's more gray. So mm -hmm. you need to reach out. AVMA has got an excellent resource of a spreadsheet mm -hmm. of each different state's mm -hmm. rules. So you need well, to find out what those are. And what's interesting is they do vary greatly because like in Florida, the VCPR uh, establishment is clearly defined. You've got to do an exam and then they further mm -hmm. define, cause you know, attorneys, right? Everything oh, is yeah. defined. And I so they define that exam as getting a temperature, body weight, I think pulse and respiration and wait, wait for it. Asculting the chest. Wow. That's defined yes. in Florida. They define that as a, as a term. I believe VCR. nothing. I believe nothing so vague as seeing the animal in a professional capacity. No, because you could do that over the interwebs. 
right? of course, and that, that would fix a lot of problems because they make it vague so then someone else can decide, but it seems like you're- But, but then you have to make an allowance for herd health because I may treat right. a herd of cattle because I, I did physicals on a representative one or two, or right. I diagnose it in one. I don't even need to see anybody else, and I know everyone's got the parasite. You know, So you have to right. make some allowance for commercial, not even commercial livestock, just livestock in general, herds, flocks. Mm-hmm. Whatever you call pigs, I, don't know. <laughs> I think I go herd. I go herd. herd. Okay, okay. Um, so uh, anyway, so that's interesting. So we're gonna take a quick break. On the other side of this, because you know, Dr. Jason and I, we got to pay some bills, even in the candyverse. And so we're gonna on the other side of this break, we are going to find out about Dr. Smiley's craziest telehealth case, and huh. maybe maybe his favorite also and those could be the same i don't know yeah we'll uh, we'll see you guys on the other side stay with us that candy makes your life easier with scientific news clinical updates and expert lifestyle tips sign up for free at myvetcandy.com and start making your life sweeter oh sure it's all fun and games until someone ends up in a cone that's right. We are animals. Deal with it. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back, everyone, to uh, In Other News. So we're chatting today with telehealth expert and extraordinaire, Dr. Aaron Smiley, also president of the Indiana Vet Med Association. So we've discussed uh, a little bit about how telehealth already exists, how I am not 140 years old, but uh, but we've been doing telehealth, (laughs) telemedicine for a long time in the veterinary field with telephones. However, what's that one key thing, Dr. Jason? VCPR. The VCPR. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, before, yeah, before you head out with your, your computer and think you can just work, you can practice in pajamas, you need to check with what your state practice act indicates as the requirements for establishing that initial VCPR, which provides you the context in which you can provide telemedicine support to your clients and patients. Okay. So that's our caveat, right, Jace? Yeah. Very important to understand. So, I did promise um, the news hound, Smiley, that you would give us a description, names, and other information to be changed to protect the innocent yeah. or the guilty. Um, <laughs> and tell us, you know, kind of a superlative. So, uh-huh. either like your most heartwarming case or yeah. your most interesting, craziest. What you got for us, Smiley? All right. So I'm going to be a real downer Debbie on this one. Telemedicine is amazingly boring. And the re- <laughs> it is. I'm not kidding you. It is crazy boring because anything that, and I found this interesting when I, so about three years ago, I started with paid telemedicine. I thought, oh uh-huh. boy, like, here we go. Clients are kind of smart and they know if their dog's leg is falling off that they best be getting to the emergency clinic. So there are times that I get some text messages about the dog eating a poison or something. But I'll tell you what, for the most part, this is a lot of skin, diarrhea, and it's just boring stuff. Because okay. those clients know. 
Yeah, I got to ask you because now yeah. that you've given us kind of a broader definition of telehealth, when I worked at an emergency clinic this one time, not at band camp, but at not the at emergency me. clinic, a guy called in. It was like, uh, I don't know, it was like two o'clock on the Sunday afternoon, which if anyone's yeah. ever worked emergency, you know, Sunday day shift is crazy. And the technician came to me after she'd answered the phone and she was great. She was one of like the one I would hire her tomorrow if I could. She's a great technician. And she says, hey, doc, there's a guy on the phone and he's asking how to tell if his cat is alive. <laughs> and uh, I'm not laughing. Like, that's a terrible situation, but that's pretty funny. But, yeah. but you know what happens, right? Yeah. And uh, I was feeling a little, a little punchy, a little snarky, as sure, uh, sure. you know, our friend Dr. Uh, Jill Lopez would say. And, uh, and I said, let me talk to him. And she said, yeah, because I can't. <laughs> and I got on the phone with the guy practicing telemedicine. And yeah. I, said, uh, I said, sir, sir, did you poke it? And he said, what do you mean poke it? I said, get a stick. Did you poke it with a stick? Because that's a universal test for viability. Yes, right? You sense. poke it with a stick. Makes sense. I don't think that's really telemedicine. No. What? Of course it is. Falls under the parameters of telemedicine. We're talking that's about right. were you on the phone. The telephone. Were you yeah. giving advice? Medical poke with a stick. That's very yeah. medical. Just because yeah. it sounds like a goofball, it's correct. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you haven't had anyone who said, "Look at this video. Do you think it needs to be seen?" And like, you know, there's blood gushing all over their kitchen floor or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I was. I was really expecting like like no. so, a, a, a dog walking around with his guts drying on the floor yeah. and be like, "Emergency!" <laughs> like serious question. No. Right? No. I, and isn't that fascinating? And I think I would have had a different answer three years ago when I started this. I would yeah. have said, oh, I'm going to get the blood and guts. But clients yeah. are smart. And they know that if the dog's guts are hanging on the floor, that they best get someplace. If it's that's less than ideal. Yes, yeah. if it's time sensitive, <laughs> the owners are not going to do asynchronous text messaging. In the platform that I use, it says right in the banner, we'll respond within two hours. Well, they see that and they're like, oh, if my dog's leg is falling off, I probably need intervention before two hours. Yeah. Oh, but you yeah. know what? That's good to know. I was just, you know, we didn't even think about that. Like, what is what? the expectation for right. time to response? Yeah. So Great. what is fascinating in asynchronous tech telemedicine is it's the same. Okay, uh, okay, wait, pause, interruption, excuse the, please pardon the interruption. You sure. keep saying that asynchronous telemedicine mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we've, let, we've run over it a few times. So I can you back it. up for a second. You did? I did. No, not really. Sorry. I should have okay. Googled it. <laughs> and maybe, maybe newshounds have already Googled it. But sure. can you explain what that means? Asynchronous telemedicine? What so, is the asynchronous? Yep. So the difference is between the humans, how the physicians get reimbursed. So mm -hmm. physicians are required to have synchronous telemedicine, which means I'm going to sit in front of a screen, the patient's going to sit in front of the screen, and we're going to have an in-real-time exchange. Veterinary okay. medicine does not have that regulation because it's a cash business. Now, the physician could bill the patient directly, right? The physician could pay, but mm -hmm. typically it's a third party on the human side. Mm -hmm. Well, with veterinary medicine, it's almost all cash. So mm -hmm. we can do a You mean the means owner pays the vet instead of that's insurance? Right. Paying that's right. The doctor. Okay. Excellent clarification. Yep, that's right. And so in that regard... The expectation from the client is the same expectation that you have when you're sending your sister or your daughter a text message. So you send the text message. Now, if your daughter doesn't or your sister doesn't get right back to you or your mom, you don't think, oh, gosh, mom, there's something wrong with mom. No, you think, well, she's doing something else. Now, if it's three days and she doesn't text you back, you go, oh, gosh, what's the matter with mom? So the client's <laughs> expectation is that same type of asynchronous 
that culturally we expect with the text message. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So now back to what you were letting us know when you first started with the asynchronous telemedicine paid asynchronous yeah. telemedicine. So, oh, I forget. Lord knows. Um, what was <laughs> I, I was, what was I think I you were just telling us about like, you know, what you, you, you had the clients see that banner that says two hours to oh, respond. Yeah. So when you're looking at platforms to be able to uh, integrate paid telemedicine, make sure that they are very explicit in how they let the client know expectations, expectations of cost, expectations of response time. And, and that whole, I think that that exchange is important so that the client isn't uh, confused as far as what the engagement's going to be. The other thing a lot of clinicians will ask is they'll say, yeah, how do you bill, Smiley? When do you determine how to charge this owner? Is it per text message? Is it per time? They'll uh. say, my lawyer charges me per time. So what we've established in our clinic, and it's not necessarily right or wrong, is we do it per problem. And we base that off of how we bill in the exam room. If Mrs. Yeah. Jones comes in and she has a cushionoid dog, that appointment's going to take longer versus right. a healthy three-year-old dog that's in for an annual check. She doesn't necessarily get charged different. So we do it yeah. per problem. Per problem. So that you, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes, Jason, does it make sense to you, Jason? Make, no, it, make, it makes sense to me. It's like a contractor, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this room and charge this much. And if I take a long time, that's my problem. If I don't, that's your problem, right? So, but it's, a, right. And it's a very objective way to do it because I'm sure that you have a chart or some sort yeah. of precedent set for each one if they have a question. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we are coming to the end of our time with Smiley. Oh, no. Oh, Although no. I'm sad for it because he makes me oh, very mission. smiley. Yes. Oh, that's good. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Yes, I love it. Yes. Okay. So are you game for playing a game? Oh, heavens yes. I was heavens born yes. for games. I, I also want yes. I know. I want to let news hounds know that he's Midwestern. He's not 80 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not I mean, old. That was, fair. That, that was fair, Smiley. You did call that her 84 years old. So. That, that was fair. Okay, okay. And He's funny. not 80 fair years old. Funny. Fair that's funny. right, that's right. Okay, so we're going to play a little game here where we are going to ask Smiley, if because he said he's a true Midwesterner, born and bred, we are going to ask him what some of these like classic Midwestern terms mean. Here okay, we go. and he can also ask us. Okay, so right? yeah, we're going to ask him or he's going to ask us or, or what? Which one? Both. I'm, Both? Oh. Yeah, are, okay. you got one, Jason? Are you ready already? I have a couple. Okay, why okay. don't you go? We'll start with an easy one, I think. Okay. All right? If I'm at the park and I want to go to the bubbler, where am I going? If I'm running around. Water fountain. Oh, my, you, don't, you don't really say that, do you? No, I don't. That's not but, part of my life. But you've heard it, right? Oh, heavens, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Hey, Mark, I got to go to the bubbler. I've never even I heard not of use, I do not use that, but I have I heard think that you one. Do. I, I think you do in a secret life. <laughs> Zero question. So we, should take, we should put that on a poll if the news sounds vote. Does he actually say that? I bet, I bet overwhelmingly, yes. All right, here's a true story. My staff made me a mug with all the goofy Midwestern things that I say, so now I have a thermos that they, they decoupaged with the goofy things I say. Well, at least you got a staff that can decoupage. I don't even know what that means. I got to oh. Google that. <laughs> you got to decoupage. That's when you, you like, it's arts and crafts. Arts and crafts. Arts and yeah. crafts. Mm -hmm. Bubbler. Um, Bubbler. Yes. Okay. So what, you got one you want to ask us, yeah, Smiley? Yeah, okay. Heavens to Betsy. Where, use a sentence where you would say, heavens to Betsy. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Ready? And I'm yeah. going to combine it with a British term 
from oh, our hello. recent podcast with with Lulu Pedal. Okay. Yeah. Heavens to Betsy! It's brass monkeys outside this morning. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. I don't know. Really good. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so it means, oh my goodness, it's freezing cold outside. Nice. Yes. Yes. That is yeah, funny. Yeah, which is appropriate in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, <clears throat> I have one. Okay. Okay. So, do you know what padiddle is? No, I, I don't either. Oh. So I think I think it has different regional names, but according to my sources, also. Use it in a sentence. See if we can I figure it out. Yeah. Okay. So, on this long car ride, we played padiddle to keep ourselves entertained. <laughs> Still don't know. I, that right. can be so many things, and this is a family uh, show. So we can clean it up, Jason. clean it up, clean it up Thank in the candy verse. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a car game where you spot a vehicle with only one headlight. You shout. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, wait. I should have cleaned it up because it says the rules are then if you weren't the first one to shout it, you have to remove an article of clothing. Yellow. <laughs> oh, wait. Watch out. <laughs> Watch out. No. <laughs> Oh heavens okay, no i'm not right. playing that game. heavens to that's, that's right okay so one more jason see you got one more uh i have to use it in a sentence because i don't even know all right um, okay all right and i don't i don't think i don't think this is true we're, we're gonna we're gonna test the the google verse here situation all right okay so i got two actually let's see how i can use this so i have i have some kids right and yeah. and they're hungry and they want a snack and and they ask me for some puppy chow yeah no, Chex Mix. Get oh, out of Chex here. Mix with oh, it's delicious. What? what? With chocolate and powdered sugar, it's the best. Oh my god, that's puppy it. chow. Puppy that's chow. Puppy chow. Yeah. Oh, Go it's Google a wins. Game. All right. I mean, Smiley always wins, but Google gets a point. <laughs> wow. Puppy I've never chow. Even heard love puppy it. Chow. Oh, that's amazing. Delicious. Okay. Little peanut butter okay. in there too. Hello. I'm gonna use it today. I'm gonna. I'm Oof. gonna. Use, I'm gonna use the bubbler and puppy chow and see what what happens today. Well, make some puppy chow for your kids. They're gonna love you. Yeah, well, I don't think I'll make anything. All right, maybe I can buy it. <laughs> maybe I can go buy it. It's a sweet, savory that's, treat. That's crazy. I love it. I love it. Okay, so do you have one more that's like a favorite for you? Is it if it's on your I, mug or something? Uh, gall dang it. Gall dang that's, that's, it. That's a funny. I don't know where the gall comes from. We know what it represents, but that's pretty Wait, funny. Is, I don't know. Is that like slightly uh, yeah. more frustrated than, gosh darn it? That would be slightly more without any swears. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you haven't got the swears yet. You're yeah, on yeah. the you're on the scale. The that's spectrum. right before swears. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So you're getting yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's probably that's, that's one that I use quite a bit. Okay. Well, gall darn it, Smiley. There this you has go. just been a wonderful podcast. Heavens to Betsy. I'm Heavens so glad Betsy. that you came yeah. on. Oh, me too. Thank you so much. It's very kind of you guys. I had tons of fun and I hope all the news hounds found it somewhat informational. And everybody stays safe during the pandemic. Yeah, this has been fantastic. So if you were caught up in the pandemic or after the pandemic or before the pandemic, consider adding paid telemedicine to enhance your standard of care. Check with yep. your state to make sure your Veterinary Practice Act allows for it. And as most especially if there are criteria for establishing that initial VCPR, it'll be great. And then uh, lastly, manage your client's expectations about response times for when you or your veterinary technician will get back to them from a text message or an email or something like this. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, wonderful. 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 Thank you so much. Tell the folks at the Indiana BMA. We great. said, Hey, yep. Yep. we'll do it. 
are you proud of us for not for us. Are, are you proud of us for not asking you what a Hoosier actually is? Uh yeah. Okay, yeah, well, we won't great, ask that. Then. We'll, we'll let people figure that out on their own. Perfect. Yeah. Love yeah. it. And in fact, you know what, Newtown? Somebody email us what a Hoosier is, and if you do it first, we'll send you some vet candy swag. Nice. Ooh, yeah. Again, am, I, am I allowed to do this or not? Am I out? No. Also? <laughs> out. Out. Anyway, email me at jen at myvetcandy.com. Or most likely me at jason at myvetcandy.com. Tell us the definition of a Hoosier. What is it? We'll send you some vet candy swag. And we will see you guys next time on the next episode of In Other News. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.